Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Publisher Brendan Slaughter, joined by recruiting analyst Jared Hollis here for BeaversEdge.com. We're back for another edition of the podcast. Following Oregon State's loss to Cal, we're also going to look ahead to this weekend's matchup against Colorado. Beavers still searching for bowl eligibility. Again, want to welcome in recruiting analyst Jared Hollis. Jared, how you doing, my man? Doing well. You know, I'm, I'm uh, excited for another week of, of, of football. Um, it's been a, been a busy week and definitely uh, another week where we get to look forward to hopefully getting to that, that sixth win. So just excited and, and, you know, thankful to be here. Absolutely. And want to just go ahead and welcome everyone to the podcast. Thanks for uh, sticking with us, uh, as each and every one of you have done uh, throughout the season. Uh, Jared and I certainly enjoy uh, being able to uh, bring Beaver's Edge coverage to you guys through the airwaves. Uh, Jared, let's go ahead and kind of talk a little bit about that 39-25 loss to Cal last week uh, on the heels of the Utah game. Not quite what we expected, to say the least, uh, as you and I both picked Oregon State by a pretty healthy margin. You and I were both pretty confident. We'll kind of get into some of the issues, but uh, just at first glance, that was just a, a typical off performance where it just everything kind of went wrong. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It was just like, uh, what is it, Murphy's Law? Anything that can go wrong will go Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. It's kind of something like that, you know, in my eyes. It, there, was, there was times where it looked like things could have been okay, but it seemed like every time they got back within 14, or it, I'm sorry, within 14, Cal would just push it back. It was always 14. I don't know what it was, uh, but it was always 14. And, you know, it shows in the final score, 14 points. So, for whatever reason, they couldn't get within that 14. Uh, and it just – things were just not going right uh, that day for the, for the B, for sure. Yeah, I don't want to – I don't want to, you know, dis- discredit the, the squad and, and, and be as kind of blunt and open and say, you know, the Beavers didn't, you know, show up because I don't think that's accurate, you know, to reflect this game. You know, I, I kind of wrote about it in my five takeaways following. The vibe of the game, Jared, was just very odd. Like from kickoff – all the way through the end, it just kind of seemed like the Beavers were kind of missing that typical oomph, that kind of it factor that we've seen. And, you know, the the signature running game that you and I had, you know, yeah. uh, selfishly and sheepishly talked about last week is being able to, you know, not be able to be slowed down. It did. And yeah, it down. severely, yeah, and it severely impacted Oregon State's ability to, kind of be themselves on offense. Yeah. And I, I think that that's where the conversation has to start. Cal shut down the run game. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think that's going to be, you know, again, like you said, we talked about it being seemingly unstoppable prior to the game, but, you know, I think we learned that if teams do what Cal did, it forces chance no one to beat them. And I think that's the way that you're going to have to beat Oregon state moving forward. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you look in this, the start of the game, B.J. Baylor fumbles on the first carry, you know, a play that, you know, even still I was questioning whether or not he was maybe close to being down or not. Regardless, the camera angle wasn't great. Cal gets a position to score the defense, you know, given a short field, unable to hold uh, the Bears out of the end zone. Cal goes up 7-0, and Jonathan Smith talked about it this week and kind of said, you know, BJ was deflated, you know, it's deflating for the whole team to kind of have a moment like that. And they mentioned it was, you know, disappointing that the defense wasn't able to get a stop and hold Cal to maybe three there. And 
I give the Beavers credit and particularly BJ Baylor. He came back and had a couple nice runs, you know, later in the game, but it was, you know, he wasn't his typical self, you know, Deshaun Fenwick ended up finishing with about his usual mark, you know, in the run game, uh, about 50 some yards and a touchdown, but you know, BJ obviously held well below his, uh, his normal mark. And, and I think that's got to be priority one heading into Colorado is getting that back on track because with the running game kind of shut down, we saw the passing game, other than Trayvon Bradford, Jared, were you surprised that the receiving core was kind of non-existent again? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a bit surprising to see that. I think all year, uh, like you said, aside from Brad, Bradford, we've really struggled to see Chance Nolan find his guy. You know, it's it's kind of always been someone new every game, um, and there's really not been any kind of standout guys like we expected there to be. Uh, in that receiving group. So definitely uh, a little bit to be concerned about there. Obviously, the the two picks were pretty unfortunate. Uh, the way the game started right away was, you know, pretty much set the tone. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely something that Oregon State's going to have to work on moving forward because you have to establish that run game to free up chance. And I think Cal, again, you know, just said they just sold out. They sold out to stop the run, and they said, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to do that through the air. And obviously, uh, that's not what happened. So it's uh, it was an interesting game. Um, I think there was a lot that can be taken away from, from that game. Um, a lot of positives, a lot of, I mean, learning experiences. Um, and I'm hopeful that they'll, they'll right the ship this week. You know, I, I agree with you. I think the offense is talented enough to have kind of an off game like that, bounce back and be able to hang, you know, a 40-point you know, performance the next game, Jared. But before we transition fully to Colorado and kind of look ahead to that game, we, we, we got to talk, you know, we got to eat the vegetables, as they so say, and kind of talk about the real, you know, kind of negative trend, you know, with this team the last couple of weeks. And that's been, you know, statistically, the defense, Jared, has yeah. started to fall off from where it was, you know, a couple of weeks ago and even to start the season. And as I mentioned uh, in the uh, By the Numbers story earlier this week at Beaver's Edge, Oregon State's been last in the Pac-12 in yards allowed per game now, just over 400. And, you know, it's not – yards aren't necessarily indicative of a defense's, you know, ability to, you know, create turnovers or, you know, uh, you know, not let those yards turn into points. But what would kind of be your assessment, you know, this week? Obviously, there's been quite a few opinions uh, on the damn board talking about the defense. But I'm curious where you're where you stand, Jared, and, you know – it's one of those things where it's been an uneven kind of two steps forward, one step back, three steps forward, two steps back. And I feel like we still don't have a full understanding of what this defense is. Maybe identity is. Well, that, that in itself can be a problem. You know, you have to, you have to establish an identity. And like you said, it really doesn't seem as if they've done that yet. And, and honestly, I, I wouldn't quite go, maybe all the way to the to the measures that we've seen so far, like you mentioned on the board. But I, I think there definitely is an issue, and it needs to be addressed one way or the other. I, I mean, I, I'm not a shot caller. I, I don't know what the best way to go about that is. Um, but, you know, numbers don't lie, and there's certainly something missing there. Um, and they, they, they definitely need to figure that out because the Pac-12 is a conference that's pretty much known for, for scoring points. And – so far, Oregon State has been a team that has allowed other teams to keep that keep that stereotype alive, if you will. So 
I think there's there's opportunity for sure to uh, to kind of kill that narrative as we head into the back end of the season. Um, but definitely something has, has got to change for sure. In a more big picture scenario, it's like, how do you how do you kind of evaluate this? Right. Because you go back to like, you know, even Jonathan Smith's first year at times scoring points was never a problem for the Beavers scoring a points and even having offensive explosiveness. This is the first year I think that it's been the most consistent, Mm -hmm. but the Beavers have shown ability to points up ever since Jonathan Smith got here. This was the first year we started to see the defense have a few kind of cracks in the sunlight, so to speak of, you know, I think about, you know, the second half adjustments against Utah, I think about, you know, the, the, the stop against Washington and that second, you know, that performance as well. A couple of solid defensive games, but then you go and you look at like how Cal got whatever they wanted, right? You go back and look how Washington State got whatever they wanted. And it's one of those things where I wonder, Jared, at this point, is Oregon State's defense not arriving, holding the rebuild back? It's an interesting question. And if you look at, if you look at the three losses on the year, you really kind of have to ask yourself, is it is it a defense problem? Because I think obviously it definitely was against Cal, but if you look at the losses, right? So you've got your, your first loss to Purdue where you scored 21 points. You got your second against Washington State where you scored 24 points and your third against Cal where you scored 25. So you kind of have to look again back at the offense and, and, and say – will those points ever be enough to win a game for anybody? I mean, there's really not a lot of teams in college football that can win whilst only scoring 21 points. That's just not – I mean, unless you're like a, a Michigan State or a Wisconsin or a Georgia, you really don't have the defense that can can do that. Uh, so, of course, in, in, in the Cal game, I mean, 39 points is definitely uh, a big mountain to, to climb over. But as for the other games, I mean – 31 points and 30 points should be beatable for, for Oregon State's offense. Um, and I, I think, you know, excluding the Cal game, you can kind of blame both units for the other two. I think that's a really, really astute analysis, Jared, because, you know, you're absolutely right. Because if you, if, you know, we want to peel back the layer a little bit and say, you know, for those who perhaps, perhaps would like to see, you know, maybe a coordinator change at the end of the season, mm-hmm. I would, t- I would consider what Jared just said, Jared, would you say that Oregon state's defense lost in the game against Purdue or not having chance? No one as a starter lost in the game against Purdue. Yeah. I mean, it's that's right? a question for sure. Right. So there's that you can almost explain away that loss a little bit. The Washington state game, as you mentioned, if Oregon state, you know, granted the second half, the defense wasn't able to do it. But as you mentioned, the offense only put up 24 points. You know, not what we've seen typically from an Oregon State win this year. The only outlying win, Jared, of when Oregon State won Washington. a game this year and not didn't get into the 40s was Washington. Exactly. Right? That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And, and it, it's I, I understand why people are frustrated, too, because, I mean, the expectation shouldn't be that we you all? Have to score 40 points to win a game. Right. That shouldn't right. be the expectation. But, you know, 20s probably isn't cutting it for a lot of teams in college football, not just Oregon State. No, I mean, believe me, like I said, you know, we hear the frustrations and, and you know, like I said, Jared and I, we have different frustrations being on this side of the uh, this side of the reporter side. But, you know, it's interesting. 
to see kind of how things come together. And, you know, from, for covering this team for a couple of years, you know, that's why I posed the question. And I'd be curious to kind of see how this season ends up because, you know, you could make the claim that it's, there are some defensive problems, maybe schematically, maybe even bigger than that, that are holding Oregon state back. But then again, as Jared and I just mentioned, you could also make the claim that if Oregon state's offense, you know, doesn't have a couple games where they don't get into their usual numbers or have in case the first game, a different quarterback, things could have been a a lot different. So I don't know. I, I think it's kind of one of those things where, you have to, you, you understand the frustrations and, you know, I, I'm not going to blame anyone for having an opinion that I think could be fair, but I think you've got to wait until the end of the season to be able to make a full judgment of where this team is because the rebuild is still ongoing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. No doubt. I mean, it, it is still hard to say now. Um, definitely something to worth pointing out and something for uh, people to keep their eye on as we get into these last four games. But I just thought that was a little interesting. And, and obviously, you know, your, your offense isn't going to be on every week. You know, every, there's not a team in the country that plays to their full ability every week of the season. As a matter of fact, there, I mean, even probably for 10 weeks of the season. So we're not asking for the Oregon State offense to score 40 points a game. Um, but that's where the defense comes in. You know, if, if it is a game like, like against Cal where they can't get anything going – the defense just has to be sharper. You can't you can't allow uh, as much as they did. So, again, you know, it kind of goes both ways. But I think so far we've been seeing a lot more gripe about the defense. Um, and I think, you know, if you're going to point fingers, maybe uh, just point them forward for now. And let's just see what happens at the end of the season. That's true. And, you know, Jared, even as Oregon State sits right now with, with three losses, you know, I like to remind everybody every single week on this podcast, Oregon State, could still win every single game on its schedule. They could still lose every game. Bam. That is how open yet closed the Pac-12 is this year. And we've kind of seen Oregon State's now proven they can essentially so far beat anybody on their schedule and lose to anybody on their schedule. And we so, did point that out. We did point that out prior to the Cal game that yes. any given Saturday, anything can happen. Uh which, I mean, we, we, again, we saw last week. So, like you were saying, anything anything can happen. They can win in every game. They can lose every game. Uh, yeah, I just, I just think it's a matter of consistency more than anything else. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, that's, that's the thing about, you know, where I think that, you know, has a greater appreciation for where Oregon State came from. Going back to where Jonathan Smith, you know, took this program up, I think just getting to the level of consistency – it, it should give you a greater appreciation for how, you know, where Oregon State was when he got here and how long it's taken to kind of instill that culture of winning and winning with expectations. And as we've talked about, you know, guys, you know, understanding how to win, understanding how to play with pressure, you know, for a, a unit and a group that is experiencing all that for the first time. So I think it's something that is, you know, consistently evolving and, and changing and, for the most part, I would say reserve judgment for the end of the season because as we've seen so far, this season has yielded some surprising wins, some surprising losses, and with four left on the schedule, I don't expect that to change. So, you know, as Oregon State sits five and three right now, anything could happen here down the stretch. So we'll go ahead and use that to transition to the matchup at hand this weekend. 
Oregon State, second straight road game taken on the Colorado Buffaloes uh, in Boulder this weekend. Four o'clock uh, kickoff here uh, locally on uh, Pac-12 Network as the Beavers uh, take on the Buffs. Supposed to be a better than uh, better than expected weather. No snow or anything like that. Supposed to be sunny skies for an, an afternoon matchup. And Jared, this is a game that following you know a, a very surprising Cal loss. You know the the odds makers have Oregon State favored as a ten and a half point favorite. That might be perhaps a little high, but I expect Oregon State to bounce back in this game, and well, we'll obviously break it down. But I like their chances to back bounce back in this one. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I don't want <clears throat> to sound too confident because you know we we kind of talked about it last week. How although it's a game that they should win, uh, it may not mean that they will. Uh, but this definitely, and you know, as we get towards the back end of the season, games that or should win games kind of turn into must win games if you've not won them previously. So we're kind of starting to see that a little bit. I mean, the competition doesn't get any easier after Colorado. So you would love to see them achieve bowl eligibility this week um, and then worry about the rest later because Stanford, Arizona State, and Oregon are probably going to give them a harder time than, than I predict the Buffs will this week. Without a doubt, and you know, just kind of setting the stable, setting the stage rather for Colorado. You know, they they take their opening week win, thirty five seven over Northern Colorado, and it's been pretty tough ever since. They played Texas A and M, the number five team in the country, real close in week two, uh, falling ten to seven. But then a uh, rough loss to Minnesota in week three, uh, lost to Arizona State, open Pac twelve play, lost to USC the following week, a big win. Over Arizona, 34-0, to zero. so Colorado proved they are not the worst team in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. by shutting out and, you know, crushing the real bottom of the Pac-12 in Arizona. Then back-to-back losses, they get uh, uh, beat by Cal 26-3 to two weeks ago, and then this last week, lose to the Ducks in Ots in 52-29. to I got a chance to watch that game last week, uh, that, that Oregon game a little bit uh, before uh, watching uh, Oregon state and Cal and uh, Colorado was able to add some points late. Their offense, I think could, uh, could put up some points in this game, potentially depending on where Oregon state's defense is after last week. But for the most part, um, they didn't show me too much in that game that I was, you know, surprised about, they got a solid running back in jerk Broussard, um, you know, Oregon State's going to or he's going to be the focal point of Oregon State's defensive attack. But for the most part, Colorado's a, a team that I think if Oregon State kind of goes in and kind of strikes first, very similar to like the U.S., you know, the USC game, where Oregon State came in, struck first on the road and kind of established themselves. We haven't seen that same kind of initial kind of punch in the mouth, so to speak, Jared, that, you know, in compared to the last two road games against Washington state and Cal. And I think if Oregon state could enter this game against Colorado with that USC road game mindset, I think they'd be just fine in this contest. Yeah. I mean, we talked earlier about the Oregon state defense kind of struggling to, to find their identity. And it, it would seem that Cal is in a really similar situation, except just with the entire team. Obviously there's been a, a lot of turnover with that program in the last few years. Um, so it's hard for, for any team to really be consistently good at that point. Um, and I think we're, we're really seeing that from Cal this year. They've had some games, like you mentioned, especially against Texas A&M, where they looked all right. 
Um, and then just the next week looked like it was, you know, the first time they've ever lined up and played football before. So it's a, it's an interesting game. Uh, again, not to sound too confident, but it doesn't – I think if, if you're Oregon State and this is a game that ends up being a late fourth quarter game, there may be a bit to be concerned about, um, definitely more than we have ever thought to this point in the season um, because I just, I just don't see it from, from these guys. I, I just don't see it. I, like, I can't point at something and say if, if, if Cal was, or sorry, if Colorado was going to beat Oregon State, this would be why. I, I just don't, I can't find that reason. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same place. You know, Cal last week, as I mentioned, you know, and you and I talked about, they had, you know, some, some sneaky good defensive stats. And you, you looked at their game, you know, against Oregon a couple weeks prior. They played them really tough. And, it seemed as though the Bears were kind of due, I guess, for lack of better terms, for a win after kind of having some real close and tough losses. It's it's a bummer that Oregon State wasn't kind of able to, you know, match that and be able to, you know, still be able to come out on top against a team that I think they're better than. But, you know, neither here nor there. That's how, like you said, this conference works any given Saturday. Overall, I think if Oregon State is Oregon State and gets back to their running game, it's able to establish, you know, B.J. Baylor, Deshaun Fenwick, the offensive line that's able to get back into a consistent rhythm, opening up holes, and then Chance Nolan can do his thing as far as spreading the ball out. I like their chances to be able to, you know, get into the 40s in this contest against the Buffs. But I think it's also worth mentioning, Jared, how do you think Oregon State's response will be? I mean, obviously we saw after the Washington State lost. They had a bye week and then come and play Utah, but they didn't particularly start that Utah game great. They, you know, spotted Utah a 14-point lead, and it was looking a little rough early before they turned it around. How do you think they'll respond in this game, given that they haven't really had a situation quite like this yet this season? Yeah, I mean, their their backs are against the wall, I think, a little bit. I, definitely not uh, to the point to where – there's anything to be super concerned about yet. But again, like I said earlier, the competition's not going to get any easier after this game. Um, so we've kind of seen them come out flat in these last two contests against Utah and, uh, and Cal. And I think a big, big thing is going to be preventing that from happening uh, against Colorado, especially when you're on the road. Um, Colorado, even, even without having a great season, they still have some good fans in there who will, will make some noise and certainly be hoping that, that they can come out on top. So I think you really need to avoid getting yourself in any kind of weird situation, find your groove early, um, and just don't put yourself in a 14-point hole in the first quarter. Um, again, I think if this is a game that comes down to the final quarter, the final minutes, then we're really going to have to start doing some more digging um, because I just – it's not a game that I feel should be close. It's just not. I'm not saying they're going to beat them uh, like a drum, but maybe they should. I, I don't know. I'm trying to find yeah. it. <laughs> no, I, I completely get where you're coming from, and I think it's a, a, a fair assessment because, you know, that was potentially the game that a lot of Beaver fans maybe expected last week. I mean, for lack of better terms, I know, for, I know there were Beaver fans who looked at these games against Cal and Colorado and thought, okay, well, at least one of those will be a, a runaway Oregon State victory. And, you know, if you Beaver fans didn't, you're probably lying to yourself because, you know, you looked at the records and whatnot and were like, huh. So I think, like I said, I think Cal surprised the Beavers a little bit. 
to an extent. And you look at how the response was, you know, following the losses. You know, you go back to the Purdue loss. Oregon State played really well against Hawaii the next week. Um, you look at the U- or the Washington State loss. They play really well in the second, third, and fourth quarter against, you know, Utah. And then I think this is just another one of those learning experiences where the Beavers are rightfully a little upset and frustrated. And like you said, Jared, for lack of better terms, they might take that out on Colorado. I think they should. I really, I really think they should. And I sure hope that they can, can reestablish the running game uh, in order to make that happen. Uh, free up chance a little bit, let him get a little comfortable back there and, you know, throw a few touchdown passes, get his confidence going before they hit this final stretch. Um, Cause I, I really would love to see this team live up to its potential. I mean, I think I think their potential could be winning the rest every game the rest of the season, uh, but I also think it could be as as bad as maybe going one and three uh, in the rest of the season. And I don't want to see that happen. I don't think it should happen. I don't think it will happen. Um, but I want to see them prove me right. Uh, just don't leave a doubt, you know. Without question, and you know that's. That's what's ahead of Oregon State at this point. You know, they sit five and three, three and two in the conference. And this is a huge game, you know, a a road game against the Buffs. And like you mentioned, potentially the last real, I I don't know quite how to classify it, but a game that I would say is very winnable on the schedule, not to say that the other three against Stanford, Arizona State, Oregon aren't, but the competition's tougher and those games will be tougher. And I think this is a good chance for Oregon State to, be able to get that six win, set themselves up really well heading into the, you know, three-game stretch where a lot could still be on the line as the Beavers only have two conference losses and still can kind of control their own destiny uh, in the north. So it's going to be a lot at stake uh, in Boulder on Saturday. Again, 4 o'clock kickoff from Folsom Field. Oregon State is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite uh, as of recording this podcast. So the odds makers seem to think that Oregon State uh, is going to find victory this weekend. I think Jared and I are pretty uh, in line with that as well. Make sure to check out beaversedge.com for the staff predictions tomorrow to officially hear what Jared and I think is going to go down and whatnot. And make sure to check out beaversedge.com for all the latest coverage you need, including uh, video interviews, recruiting coverage. Jared had a great uh, Q&A with recent offensive line commit Nathan Elu earlier this week. A whole bunch of awesome stuff. You can join uh, Beaver's Edge free for 30 days. Just head on over to the landing page to check that out so that'll go ahead and do it for this edition of the podcast big thanks to uh, jared house for joining me on this edition we'll be back next week to talk about the colorado contest and look ahead to oregon state's matchup against stanford thanks for listening to this edition of the edge podcast